You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged and let your light shine. Hello. Yeah. So this this is going to be a spinoff one. We've been talking about doing this topical. So yeah, yeah, yeah. is the topic healthy relationships? The content that I would love to share is, I would say we could call this straight up what it is. It's really a topic about emotional dependency. And it's a threat. It can be a threat to close friendships. So some of my content is from an article. Actually, it's a little, it's a booklet that I was given. It's written by Lori Thorkelson. And just very, I would highly recommend this booklet. It's very succinct and has really great information that can help us in relationships that we feel might be turning into something that's not healthy. We're just having coffee, just chatting. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Beth, and my co-host Kate is not with me today, but I have the privilege of sitting across the table from the lovely Karen Hawkins. (laughs) Karen shared at the Upper Room Fellowship the 26th. On September 26, Mm -hmm. 2021. So if you missed her message, check it out on the Upper Room Fellowship website or our YouTube channel where Karen shares her life story and what she's been doing. Karen was born in Salem, Ohio. She lived in Lisbon, graduated from Lisbon schools, and she tells a story how she met Jesus at the Upper Room Fellowship when it was a coffee house Mm -hmm. on top of the Streetfler's Veterinarian Clinic, and it changed her world and her life. She met her husband, Tim, there. They were married and had two kids. They were married for 11 years and then went through a a divorce, a very painful divorce. (laughs) And Karen's been such an inspiration, just a testimony of perseverance and letting Jesus meet you where you are in the middle of trauma and how Jesus can turn good things out of your ashes. And so I do encourage you to check out her her story. After the divorce, Karen got a job and started going on short term mission trips and which led her to a stint with YWAM youth with a mission. Mm. She thought she was just going with her kids for a three month mission trip. And it's turned into a how many years 27 years 27 years with youth with a mission. Her kids were involved. She moved out to Oregon. She was at the Salem, Oregon campus, and she staffed discipleship training schools for three years. Then she served in many positions on campuses. She assisted the North American director of YWAM for 18 years, and she also assisted other leaders in short-term YWAM missions. She moved to Kona, Hawaii, and lived there for almost two years. She worked with their founder's son, David Cunningham, and other YWAMers at a film studio as the studio coordinator. That sounds like a really fun thing to be doing in Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of work, but a lot of fun. 
She staffed a business discipleship training school outreach to Nepal for two months, went back to Kona and staffed a course focused on spheres or the mountains of society. She has traveled to 13 countries. She is an author. She wrote a book, Assistants and Leaders, Building Effective Ministry Partnerships. Where can we find that book? Mm, It's on Amazon or you can write me directly and I'll give you a great price. Yeah. So check out that book, especially if you are in a position where you are supporting leaders. Mm -hmm. Karen's been doing that for 27 years, and she has a heart for servant leadership. And that's whether it's in the church ministry sphere or the business, it can very much relate to any sphere where you're coming alongside of a leader. Karen's kids are adults now with their own families. Her daughter, Lynn, is married to Corey, and they have two kids, Cole and Kayla, who are 20 and 18. Her son, Daniel, is married to... Tirza. Tirza. They've got a small farm. They have horses, two pigs, two goats, chickens, dogs, and cats. And so (laughs) she's enjoying grandmotherhood and Mm. watching her children blossom and grow. She went through a year-long battle with breast cancer and has come out victoriously. And so we're so glad to have her here. She's been on my list to be on our podcast since we started. And last year, we didn't get her because of craziness with COVID, but she came this year. And so we scheduled this. We're going to do this podcast a little differently than our other ones. This is going to be topical, and Karen has a topic that she really wants to talk about today called emotional dependency, which is a threat to healthy relationships. So we're really going to be honing in on healthy relationship aspects, and Karen has a wealth of knowledge in this area. So strap yourself in, and let's dig into that. So Karen, it's so great to have you here. Thank you. It's it's a blessing. I'm honored. Emotional dependency. So tell us why this topic is so important to your heart right now. It was interesting that it came to my mind uh, when you asked me about doing the podcast. And so it is something that I've personally lived through and it just popped into my mind. I think that it's like anything else. There's areas, especially in relationship, that the enemy can come in and destroy, distort, attack in so many different levels. And I came from this community at the upper room after years of from the age of 16 until I was 35 in a very tight, loving, caring community and with incredibly healthy relationships and friendships. And when I left, and when you leave that, no matter where you go, there is a sense of vulnerability that you can experience. But I went into missions and it was a very loving community there wasn't anything dysfunctional per se, but you've got people from all over the world coming from different parts of the world, different cultures, different backgrounds. And so I found myself in a friendship that was very dear to my heart. I mean, I I met this gal uh, simply by standing in the lunch line one day, and she was getting ready to go overseas on a mission trip. And she needed help. She hadn't sent out a newsletter for prayer for her time. And I thought, wow, you have to let your supporters know. And so I volunteered to write 
a prayer letter for her, she dictated it to me, address all the envelopes and mail them to her supporters. And so my daughter Lynn and I did that for her. And that was the beginning of that friendship. Walk us through the ups and downs of, Mm -hmm. of that friendship. Right. Well, it's interesting because I came across this booklet. It, it was actually, I, I went to a counselor. I have really seen in my life the importance of specialists, we call them, in missionary care circles. The counselors that are experts that have studied and they can help us through, sometimes we need that in seasons of our lives. And so I went to this counselor and she gave me this booklet. And it was entitled Emotional Dependency. And it's written by Lori Thorkelson. I really highly recommend it. You can find it on Amazon. So I read that and I thought, wow, this is like reading my mail. You know, it's one of those kind of books. And is this after the fact? Yeah, like this, after is, the this is after the relationship ended. And I was a puddle. I just was so unaware of this. I had never experienced it in my life. And so I didn't understand what was going on. Anyhow, emotional dependency can, you know, range from a powerful romantic attachment to another person, or it can simply be, you know, a friendship that becomes too ingrown or too possessive. They seem to have a great friendship with lots of common interests and mutual love for the Lord. I mean, yeah, it was there in this friendship. My relationship with this gal started in that lunch line, and we just began to hang out, you know, a lot. And we had the shared common interests. We had incredible mutual uh, love for the Lord, and she was a phenomenal in my eyes, just an incredible intercessor. So we spent a lot of time in prayer together. And so there was this level of depth that we went to. You know, a healthy relationship is free and generous. Both friends are eager to include others in their activities. Some other characteristics of a healthy relationship would be they they experience joy when the other friend hits it off with another friend. In In a good friendship, we desire to see our friend reach his or her full potential and developing new interests and skills. But in a dependent relationship, like I said already, it becomes ingrown and it tends to create a a mutual stagnation and you're limiting the personal growth of the other person. When we're emotionally dependent, the casual remark of a friend can, you know, send us into a high or it can take us to the pit of grief. So we're so... You're just giving a lot of power to words from this person. It's a, yeah, it's a very powerful thing when you're, you're almost caught up into it and you don't recognize it. And so... If a close friend moves away, you know, it's normal to feel sorrow and a sense of loss. But if one of the partners in a dependent relationship moves, then the the other person is just gripped with anguish and panic and desperation. 
in a healthy friendship, it's joyful, it's healing, it's, it's building, but in, in an emotional dependency, it produces bondage. And like I said, I had never, you know, emotional dependency comes as a surprise to most people. We're not even aware of it. And I might mention right now even that this is something that can happen in a marriage as well, is simply basically putting somebody before Jesus in our life and expecting them to meet all of our needs. And if they don't, then there is this sense of, well, not sense, there is this a tendency then, it becomes a very manipulative relationship. And so I had come from friendships with Lynn Hamilton, with Cindy Cook, with Marta Aker, with Brenda Striefler, who had been my friend, but they always pointed me towards Jesus. Always. In my lowest lows, my highest highs. And we did that for one another. You know, we always pointed each other towards Jesus. And so, again, when when I came into this friendship, that's what I was thinking. I thought, okay, this is what we're doing until a time went on when I thought, whoa, this is feeling like it is controlling. It, it was upsetting her when I had a new friend or if I, if I got spent time with another friend and all the things that I mentioned, if I took on another ministry position, it was very upsetting to her. And I thought, man, I, I can't, something's wrong. And so I also went, this was at a time, I should maybe explain, it wasn't when I first went into YWAM, it's when I went back to be on staff. And see, I'd spent five months with fellow students in my uh, discipleship training school. We went to Romania for two months and experienced that together. And then those students, there were 35 in our small school, which that's small, but then we had all of our kids. And so I was asked to come back on staff in Salem, Oregon, but those students went other to other parts of the world. So when I came back on staff, none of my friends were there. I was really lonely. It took me a while to build other relationships with the other staff that I had never connected with really during my school. I was in a vulnerable place. It's at those times that a lot of times the enemy can come in and then you begin to form unhealthy relationships out of loneliness. Some of these relationships can be formed out of simply counseling someone and wanting to be a help. And that's my giftings is to come alongside of, you know, whether it's leaders or anyone, mentoring, counseling. And so there were other things that in her life that I became a strength to her more than Jesus did. He <laughs> was. And she was taking strength from me that she needed. So it can also develop between like a parent and a child. When I look back on it, I think, wow, I had some really great counsel uh, when I went through my divorce. And I was very intentional about not putting my children in a place where they were my life and my strength and my support through the pain of walking through a divorce and then living as a, as a single mom. And so those kind of emotional dependence relationships can be between a parent and a child. They can be between a teacher and a student. Lots of different areas of life 
you know, relationships. So I was in this place where I didn't know anybody. I mean, I knew people at, at the YWAM base, but not as friends. And so I had to develop friends. And I remember there was a poster in the laundry room. And it said, if you need a friend, or if you want a friend, be a friend. And so that's what I was being. <laughs> These kind of relationships can develop in life crisis. They can develop when we're in a transition period, like a new job, or for me, my situation. They can develop when we move away from the familiar or secure, even camp, going on a vacation, going to a conference, if you're in the military. I mean, just other areas like that. So I think that... And aren't those usually areas where when you're in a new place and you don't know people... I mean, we're like, God, I need friends. Yes. Send me friends. And then mm-hmm. when people come into our lives, if you don't analyze it, you're like, he answered my prayer. They're, they must be an answer to my prayer mm-hmm. instead of taking it slow and testing out the waters. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people just are like, thank you, God, you answered my prayer. <laughs> and sometimes maybe in hindsight, we think, was that an answer to prayer or? Right. I think that, you know, the best way to avoid trouble is to recognize our need for support and our need for being in situations of strategically being careful to be in groups and and small groups. And when we find ourselves in relationships that might seem uncomfortable in any way, then just being real and honest and humble enough to ask for help if we need to get somebody from the outside. And that's that's what happened for me. I, I had this dear, dear couple. They knew both of us and I sought their counsel. And they, the one thing that, that I remember this woman telling me was, Karen, you matter in the equation. And she always said that to me, you matter in the equation, the meaning I mattered in the friendship. It wasn't just about this other gal, you know, and her needs or what she liked, but I mattered in the equation. And um, when you say that, do you mean like there was something in you or something that you did that contributed to it being an unhealthy relationship? Yeah, I think that, you know, my heart to come alongside of, I began to look at myself more and more than less than I began to defer to her to please her. And again, I mean, you know, I I felt lonely, I needed a friend. And I think I just began to continue to agree with where she wanted to go, you know, for dinner or where she wanted to go to watch a movie or just spend an unhealthy amount of time with her that took me away from other potential rich, healthy relationships, whether it be in a group because lots of times emotional dependent relationships, you know, they they don't want to be in a in a group. They want to isolate and keep this person to themselves. And so so this couple really helped me to see that 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 isolation with just her was not healthy. I knew it in my spirit, I could feel it, but I wasn't able to define it. You know, I think sometimes when we go to a counselor, we go to people outside of what we're sensing or feeling is not quite right, then they can begin to put words to it. 
and they can explain because when you're in it, it's a bondage. It's a type of bondage for sure that I was in. I think sometimes too, when you have a friendship with another believer, Mm. you think, well, this has to be right. We're both following God. We're both pursuing Jesus. We're, we both want what God wants. And so there's this, this sense that this is something that I should be pursuing and, and working mm-hmm. out. And, you know, in a marriage, when marriage is hard, you work it out and you, you know, you mm-hmm. work on things. But mm-hmm. when you're in a friendship, it's interesting sometimes, mm-hmm. like, do you just throw it away or do you work it out? And I think a lot of times when you have relationships with other believers that I don't know if we've been taught or we just think like, well, we better work this out. Mm-hmm. I better defer. I better have mercy and grace. And yes. and instead of having really honest conversations mm-hmm. and brave communication about, hey, this isn't healthy. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes as Christians, we just keep going because we think we're supposed to. Right. We're and supposed we don't, to we love don't one stop. another. Right. We're supposed to serve one another. I, I think in dependent relationships, one or both of the per- people are looking to a person to meet their basic needs of love and security rather than Jesus. And there's a fine so, line with that because yes, we all need people with skin on, yes, right? Yes. But the key to that is that Jesus is your number one. Yes. And the people that come alongside Mm -hmm. of you are kind of like the bonus package. Amen. (laughs) But when we get that mixed up and we have the people are our number one and Jesus is the bonus package, that's where we better take a hard look at Mm -hmm. how we're operating. Mm -hmm. And if this is if we're in a healthy place in this relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And I came to that place. It was a place that was very painful. And this uh, author that I mentioned in the beginning, in her article, she mentions that the separation from an emotional dependent relationship can actually be worse than divorce. And I thought, wow, I've already experienced a divorce. And I know how painful that was. This was painful for me to step out of this friendship because it had come so controlling that I had to. And that's when I went to the Christian counselor. And um, I don't so, I don't think we talk about this mm-mm. much. Like we we spend a lot of time in the church talking about healthy marital relationships or even healthy dating relationships yes. and we teach young people like this is what a healthy relationship look, looks like mm-hmm. when you're dating. But mm-hmm. I don't think we have spent a lot of time talking about healthy friendships because yes. it's almost like well it's a friendship it's safe it's you know you're mm-hmm. both following Jesus you're yes. fine. We don't say that when it comes to dating. I mean, mm-hmm. there's books and books and books about, mm-hmm. you know, like, here's who you should be dating and here are red, f- mm-hmm. you know, and then when you get married, there's the whole marriage piece. But yes. I don't think there's been a lot of conversation about friendships. Mm-hmm. And these friendships can be, it, both of them can be married to other people mm-hmm. or yes. one of them can be married and the other one single. Like, mm-hmm. there's no, it's not about two single friends or no, it's just about friendships. And Mm -hmm. I think this is so good to have this conversation Mm -hmm. about what Mm -hmm. does it look like to have healthy relationships. And like Mm you, you mentioned this emotional dependency is a huge threat Mm -hmm. to that Mm -hmm. healthy friendship, which we all need. Everybody needs friends. Even if you're married, sometimes 
women talk too much and <laughs> the guys are like, I've had enough of the words this week. <laughs> you know, sometimes you need girlfriends in your life mm-hmm. because putting everything on your husband or putting yes. everything on one person, mm-hmm. they weren't intended to hold carry no. the burden of that. So. Yes, right. I think what I've seen is how much the enemy hates intimacy, hates close relationships that are centered on the Lord. And that are, I mentioned, you know, this friend and I, you know, we prayed a lot together. The enemy hates that agreement in relationships. So I really see this as an area that should be talked about. And I think us being aware of it we can better be not taken off guard like I was. So Karen, let me go over some of these red flags from the article that Mm -hmm. you were Mm -hmm. referring to. So some of these red flags, when either party in a relationship experiences frequent jealousy, possessiveness, a desire for exclusivism, viewing other people as a threat to the relationship, prefers to spend time alone with this friend and becomes frustrated when this doesn't happen becomes irrationally angry or depressed when a friend withdraws slightly, experiences romantic or sexual feelings leading to fantasy about this person, loses interest in friendship other than that one, becomes preoccupied with this person's appearance, personality, problems, and interests, is unwilling to make short or long-range plans that don't include the other person, is unable to see the other's faults realistically, becomes defensive about relationships when asked about it, displays physical affection beyond what is appropriate for a friendship, refers frequently to the others in conversations, feels free to speak for the other person, and exhibits an intimacy and familiarity with this friend that causes others to feel uncomfortable or embarrassed in their presence. So those are some of the red flags of what you're Mm -hmm. referring to when we talk about emotional dependency. So help us out here. Like if you find yourself in a a relationship where you're seeing some of these red flags, Mm -hmm. what are we supposed to do? Well, I think number one is being willing to step back from it and to seek counsel. And to be honest with ourselves that, wow, this doesn't feel right. And I need help. Because there was a a period of time where I was I was trying to make it make sense. I was trying to work it out. I was trying to still be a part of other friendships and to participate in group things, even though she would be upset with me. And I couldn't do it on my own. I needed help. And that's when, you know, I went to my friends and I asked this couple, you know, and I explained what was going on. I was able to, I mean, it's like everything else. It is a sin. And I should say it like it is. It was a, it was a sinful relationship in the sense that it was taking place of Jesus in my life. And he wasn't controlling me. She was. God wants to have that place in our lives. And so I went to this couple and they were able to help me bring it into the light. They were able to, like I said, put words to it and say, this isn't healthy. And so then that's when I went to the Christian counselor and 
she helped me through. I went to her maybe two or three times. And I had to, it was at a place where I had to cut off the relationship entirely. There's freedom. There is certainly freedom, you know, from an emotional dependent relationship. And we can come out of those relationships stronger and more aware of who we are and more aware of our tendencies or our weaknesses so that we don't end up in those kind of relationships again. I learned a lot in that time. And I think that's so, so important to realize that, you know, it's not usually like one unhealthy person that just latches themselves on to you and like yes. you're a victim. But when you find yourself in these relationships, it's really assessing what part did I play in the un unhealthiness? Exactly. Did I mm -hmm. allow it? Did I ignore it? Was there a part of me that, you know, sometimes we we want to feel needed and mm -hmm. we want to feel like we're important. We want to feel like we matter. And yes. so we mm -hmm. maybe do things that we might not normally do because it's good to be wanted or it's good mm -hmm. to have people who you want to have a friendship with. But I think it's so important that when we find ourselves in these situations or even after it's ended is to go back and ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what was my mm -hmm. part in this unhealthiness? Amen. Because like yes. you said, if, you, if you're not aware and you don't do anything about it, you will find yourself, mm -hmm. I used to say this when I was in college, like I keep dating the same guy over and over and over mm -hmm. again with he just has a different name. Yes. Because I hadn't stepped back and said, what, what part am I playing in mm -hmm. this unhealthiness? And yes. I think that we need to ask and the Holy Spirit will reveal to us mm -hmm. that there is a brokenness inside of us that we played a part in that that's really important yes. to, to figure that out so that you don't mm -hmm. keep repeating mm -hmm. it and finding yourself in having friendships that Amen. it's like the same friendship over again. It's just a different name. Yes. So good. So good. Yes. And like I said, I mean, there is definitely freedom. There is definitely healing. There is definitely that revelation of God continuing to work in our lives to mature us to be more like Christ. And it was an area in my life where I could see I was vulnerable and my heart to come alongside of my heart to mentor and counsel and help the enemy saw, you know, just a little bit of weakness there and an imbalance and he was able to, to come in. And but like I said, I learned so much from that friendship and taking it into other friendships, other situations of counseling where somebody is really needy that usually in an emotional dependence relationship, there's someone that tends to be maybe a little bit stronger or come across to have it all together or something like that. And then there's the person who tends to be maybe a little bit needier and needs that person, you know, to help them through something or, and I, I'm not labeling her or me, but I, I think that coming out of it, then being able to cultivate uh, new friendships and and the Lord blessed, 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 you know, me with another really dear friend and long term friend that I could, you know, have a healthy relationship with and one that wasn't unbalanced. So Karen, talk to us about some green flags. What what are some signs of what a healthy friendship looks like? Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think I kind of mentioned that in the beginning of just rejoicing. There's freedom in healthy relationships. You're free, you're generous, you include others in your friendship. It's okay to have more than one friend. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. I have very dear, dear friends here in Ohio after many, many years and dear friends in other parts of the world. And yeah, it's great to have lots of friends. Because each one adds to your life a different drop, a different spark of sunshine from Jesus. You know, we all carry something of Jesus into our relationships that are unique, our giftings and who we are. And it really makes our lives rich when we have more than one friend. I think sometimes we tend to just stick with that one or two friends. But I just encourage those that are listening to make a new friend experience things. Go hiking with somebody. If you're not a hiker, then maybe you might enjoy hiking if you tried it with someone who loved hiking, you know, and so or it's even okay, if you have a really healthy friendship to be like, thanks for the invite. But no, I'm not hiking. That's not my thing. Exactly. I think that that is a healthy thing. So you don't find yourself like watching movies you hate or eating at restaurant like I hate this food, but I'm gonna go because they want to go. Yeah, to have the freedom. Um, the say, honesty. Nope. That's, that's not my cup of tea. Ask somebody else to go yeah, hiking with and you. And that's that <laughs> makes for a healthy friendship is being honest. It's huge in any relationship, honesty and transparency. I liked what you said earlier, too, about we are going to have people in our lives who are going through dark places and dark times. And the danger is, is when we try to be the savior and we try to rush in and solve all of their problems, that that's a red flag on us because we can walk alongside people and support them. But it can't be about us. It has Mm -hmm. to be about us pointing them to Jesus. He's going to be the one that saves you. He's going to rescue you. We're not the rescuers. That's very, very good. And Jesus, just think about his 12 disciples and how much time they spent together and and the example of Jesus being who he was in his friendships. He was very close to John. So I'm not saying that, you know, we shouldn't have close friendships. Please, please, if you're listening to this, hear me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They are treasures from heaven. Developing them and spending time together, it is a gift from God because we're not made to live in isolation. And some people that are hurt in emotional dependent relationships then tend to isolate themselves. And that is not God's heart. He doesn't want us to be alone. It's about us being a part of the kingdom together. And he formed, he made, he created relationship and he'll teach us how to love people in a holy way if we'll continue to ask him. And we're going to have some trip ups and times where, you know, we do things for either our husband or wife or our kids or, you know, and it might be out of selfish reasons or there might be some tendency to manipulate But the Lord's there. He's merciful. He's kind. He will guide us. And I think that's the power of the Holy Spirit living within us that he left the Holy Spirit for us to guide and and direct us. And I wasn't alone in it. I could sense that there was something not right. Praise God (laughs) for, you know, the Holy Spirit being alive in my life. And it wasn't that I didn't have an out. You have an out 
and you can come out of an unhealthy relationship. I think we as women need to hear that in the Christian circle, because I think that's a misconception is we have to continue to work it out and keep it together. And there needs to be reconciliation. We need to stay together stay together. And mm-hmm. that's that's not the case sometimes. Sometimes right. relationships need to end. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's relationships with other believers. Yes. And it's okay. And I think we need to have permission to say, if we're in a place that's not healthy, mm-hmm. it's okay to get out. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. There's always needs to be forgiveness, but there's not always reconciliation. And there's a difference mm-hmm. with that. Yes. That poster that you saw, if you need a friend, be a friend. I think we should make a new poster that says, if you need a healthy friend, be a healthy friend. Oh, that's great. I love that. You know, kind of analyze yourself. If you are wounded, if you've been wounded by your your relationship with your parents or your childhood or a spouse or a friend, we need to stop and get some healing in that. We've all been through things, but if we just mm-hmm. continue to keep going and going and going and we don't stop and take a step back and say, I need this wound healed, yes. then we're not going to be able to be in a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to do some self-assessment. And if you're wounded and you are hurt and bitter and traumatized by relationships before mm-hmm. you jump into the next one. Yes. Spend some time with Jesus Mm -hmm. and get healed. Mm -hmm. Because if we want to be in a healthy relationship, both people need to be healthy. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I would say it is very important for you to to seek counsel, whether it's with a counselor or a mentor, an elder that can help you walk out of the relationship and help you prepare to walk into another friendship in a healthy way. So and that that's such a good point, because I think wise people in our life that are not in the middle of it mm-hmm. can see things yes. that we can't see. Yes. You know, I can think of times in my life where I don't know that I was seeking it, but people gave me counsel and I didn't take it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Or, right. oh, like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I've got mm-hmm. this. I'm In hindsight, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I wish I would have listened. Yes, right. <laughs> that would have spared me. And so yes. when people in your life who care about you take the time and the courage to have that mm-hmm. conversation with mm-hmm. you that says, hey, you know, I think you should think about this. I think maybe you're not seeing this. Listen, listen to them, because oftentimes other people can see things that were just too close to be able to see it. Yeah, I think especially when it's dealing with our emotions, it's hard. It's hard to really see clearly when you're in the middle of something like that. So we do want friends, we encourage relationships and community. And yes, you cannot do life very well outside of community. But Mm -hmm. we want it to be healthy. So Mm -hmm. we want our friendships to be healthy. It starts with us being healthy. It starts with Jesus being the center of our life, being filled up by him so that we have more to give out to pour out to other people. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yes. I love the verse that Lori Thorkelson uses at the beginning of of this booklet. And it says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life in Proverbs 4.23. And that is so true. What I see in that is it's our responsibility. It says, above all else, guard your heart. 
And so it's our responsibility to guard our heart and to take responsibility for ourselves is important. So good. Amen. Anything else you want to say? I don't think so. Okay. Thank you for this opportunity. And I really do pray that this will be of help, you know, for someone or just a way of being alert if they find themselves in the beginning of what feels like an unhealthy relationship. Yeah, we'll put the link to this article in our bio. And if something that we talked about today kind of made you pause and think Mm -hmm. like, hmm, maybe I'm not in a healthy relationship, Mm -hmm. or maybe I'm not healthy. um, We just encourage you to read the article, start asking the Holy Spirit for wisdom and guidance and seek counsel. Amen. Yes, please. (laughs) So thank you so much, Karen, for Mm -hmm. coming today and sharing your story and being vulnerable with us and what you've learned because Mm -hmm. God did create us to live in community and we want to be healthy in those communities and those friendships. So such an important topic that Mm -hmm. I don't think we spend enough time Mm -hmm. talking about these days. So Well, thank you, Beth. It was an honor and I love these podcasts. I love listening to them. Um, whether I'm in Oregon or traveling. So God bless. Thanks. Bye. Bye.